You are listening to the Avenue section of the Alligator Podcast, where the independent Florida Alligator, the largest student newspaper in the country, discusses the entertainment, food, and culture in Gainesville. Subscribe and tune in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud to hear our latest episodes. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter, at The Alligator, and read our latest stories on alligator.org. For today's episode, I wanted to do something festive. So we are going to be talking about four different events and activities that will be in Gainesville this month. There are also a couple online options in there, so stay tuned if you're not in Gainesville as well. I hope you enjoy. I am Rabbi Jonah Zinn, and I'm the uh, executive director and rabbi of UFLO, which is the Jewish center on campus. So what does Hanukkah look like at UFLL normally, and how have your plans changed this year? I mean, Hanukkah looks a little different every year, given its timing, which often coincides with winter break or final season. You know, the Jewish calendar is a, a lunar calendar, right? So even though Hanukkah happens every year around this time, Sometimes it'll be earlier in December. Sometimes it'll be the very end of December. You know, this year it's really sort of smack dab in the middle. And the timing dictates a lot about what happens, right? So when it's earlier in December, we'd have more sort of robust programming. Students would be here, you know, later in December like it was last year. Hanukkah in its totality took place after students had already left campus. It's very, very quiet. This year, sort of right in the middle, you know, we're still doing stuff, obviously, but the the move to online learning has led a lot of students to not be here, right? So we are responding to that sort of in a couple of ways. One is the students that are here, you know, it's, in some respects, it's harder to be here, right? Because you know, you're not surrounded by your friends, you miss your family, you'd normally celebrate the holiday with. So we're trying to create some sort of more intimate opportunities for students to get together, celebrate Hanukkah, eat traditional foods, light the menorah, the Hanukkah, and be together. And then we're also trying to create opportunities for students who, you know, aren't physically in Gainesville, but miss their, their campus community to gather virtually, you know, for many of the same things, which, you know, really, it's really about sort of giving students an opportunity to celebrate the holiday and building community around those opportunities. That's really cool. I know that the communities that I've built at UF have really helped me get through this really weird time. So it's cool that you guys are cultivating that for the students who go to UF Hillel. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think that's a big part of the role that religious communities play on campus. Jewish community probably, you know, sort of especially is helping to create this sort of big overwhelming campus community to make it a little bit smaller, a little bit more welcoming, and give students sort of a sense of of belonging and connection, which is always important, but I think we've all come to realize the centrality of that probably more acutely, you know, over the past eight months or so. So is this event open to the general public as well as UF students? Yeah, I mean, our primary population is students, and as a result, you know, most of the folks that, you know, are part of what we do are part of the you know the campus community. You know, obviously we you know we're always welcoming to non-students. Oftentimes, we find that students bring their friends or their family who are visiting from out of town. Some community members tend to participate. This year, less so. I would say I would say community members this year are staying away from students for a whole bunch of different reasons. So we had probably 
fewer community participants this year, but, you know, certainly welcome. You know, we're doing a couple of things right at the beginning of Hanukkah, you know, the first and second night, and then from talking to our student leaders, it seems like people are really starting to leave campus in much more significant numbers in the coming days. So it sort of made sense for us to try to concentrate our Hanukkah celebrations right at the beginning when we had the most students present and then sort of allow people to sort of find other ways to celebrate on their own and giving out menorahs and candles, various, you know, Hanukkah ritual items that enable students to celebrate on their own if they want as well in the, uh, in the successive days. That does make sense. What do you have planned for the first and second nights of Hanukkah? Yeah, so we have a couple of things going on, um, both virtually and in person on both nights. On the first night, we have sort of intimate gatherings that are happening both online and outdoors. We have a big event tent that we put up on our on our side lawn at Redding University Ave, where students can gather and light the menorah and say the blessings and sing songs and just sort of be together to have that sort of communal experience. And we also will be doing it online for students who prefer a sort of virtual setting. And then again, on the second night, right, we have a, you know, sort of a similar sort of thing to welcome Shabbat, again, with music and, and prayer and blessings and, and all the sort of aspects of Shabbat. The, the in-person gathering on um, Friday night also involves Shabbat dinner. You know, one of the, the traditions of Hanukkah is to eat foods that are cooked in cooked in oil. So in the the Ashkenazi tradition, right, the tradition of the Jews of, sort of Central and Eastern Europe, that often takes the form of, of latkes, of potato pancakes. But Jewish communities from across the globe have sort of different variants on what uh, what those oil foods are. So we're, we're we're trying to sort of sort of honor that in our own way by having a, a fried food Shabbat with sort of lots of different kinds of fried foods to sort of fun, come up with sort of a fun way to celebrate it. And that'll be for that'll be Friday night and it should be fun, a nice chance for community building and also a nice way to celebrate the holiday. Yeah, that does sound really fun. I know personally, one of my favorite things about the holiday season are the different foods that we get to have that normally we don't. You know, that's sort of how we experience our tradition is through is through food. So we want to make sure that even those students who aren't, aren't with their families and are away from their homes still have opportunities to do that and also sort of have a creative take on it as well. What is your favorite thing about the holiday season? Well, I love how people sort of embrace the message of, of Hanukkah, right? You know, Hanukkah tells the story of you know, how 2,200 years ago, sort of a small group of, of our ancestors overcame a much greater military force that sought to sought to do them harm. Similarly, right, the, the, there's sort of two parts to the story. There's also a story that we tell about this this small amount of oil, right, that was supposed to last one day and instead lasted eight days, right? And those two stories sort of in combination, right, the story of how a small group of people prevailed over a much larger army and how this small amount of oil lasted for, you know, for, for much longer than it should, I think reminds us about the opportunity we all have, right, to sort of see the glass as, as you know, half full, look to the future with hope, and see Hanukkah as an opportunity to remind us of that, right? No matter what's going on in our lives, no matter how hard the past few months have been, there's reason for us to to celebrate and to have a sense that better days are ahead. And, and part of what Hanukkah is about is about reminding us that those better days that are ahead are ones that will help to create, just like our ancestors prevailed over a much larger force. So too can we prevail over the you know forces of of cynicism and all the things in our world that sort of have a tendency to keep us down. And to me, that's a really important idea to focus on always, you know, but I think especially now when there's so much around us that 
is cause for pause and, you know, leads us to, you know, feel, you know, really tired and, and sad and, and all the sort of things that people are experiencing right now. What my hope is, is that Hanukkah can, can be, a, this year in particular, it right, can be a reminder that, that we have the potential to um, create a better world and, there, and a better tomorrow and, and that the light of Hanukkah can be a symbol of that. That is a really powerful idea. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? If folks are interested in joining us to celebrate Hanukkah, you can visit our website at ufhillel.org. All things are RSV, or require RSVPs, but you can RSVP on the website. It's really easy. My name's John Dickerson, and I'm the digital marketing manager for Butler Enterprises. Awesome. So I saw on a press release that Butler Plaza hosted multiple events on Fridays throughout this month. Can you explain those to me? With everything I know, this year has been really different as far as retail and events with COVID-19. So when the holiday season was approaching us, we kind of had to go back to the drawing board. And instead of doing one big tree lighting event where several hundred people come out, we were trying to think, how can we still do this? but still keep it safe for everyone. So we came up with the idea of Friday Night Lights. And what it is, is basically five separate tree lighting events. But the whole reason behind it was, is that someone could pick an event they like, come out, and then the turnout for each crowd would be smaller so everyone could social distance and wearing masks. And we're really just trying to make it a safe, fun atmosphere. In addition to that, we've also been live streaming the event on our Instagram and Facebook page every Friday night. So if someone can't come out and they still want to see the tree lighting or see like one of our acts like the dance company perform, they can just log into our social media channels and view it there. Those both seem like great ways to adapt to these very different times right now. I mean, everyone's just had to get a little bit more creative and we're fortunate here is that the Butler and especially our retailers included is everyone's just done a fantastic job of adapting to everything. That is really nice. How many years has this tree lighting event been around? It's actually relatively new. Um, this would be our third annual. And what inspired the creation of this event then? Yeah, so a lot of it was just it had to do with Butler Town Center getting completed under construction. We got to the point where we had a beautiful new center with Whole Foods, REI, Cheesecake Factory. We wanted to do something to showcase it for the holidays. So Deborah and the marketing team here, they worked their magic and we were able to get some incredible holiday decor. And we decided, like, you know what, we have all this decor, let's do a tree lighting with it. So three years ago, we started doing this event and it's grown every year since. That's awesome. So what could someone expect if they're going to the Friday Night Lights in terms of the different decorations? Yeah, so the main thing is we have our beautiful tree. It's over on the corner of just down the street a little bit from Cheesecake Factory across from Narcissist Boutique. The highlight is the butler tree that we light up at the end of the event. We also have an adorable reindeer. If you go out there, he's sitting on a bench and he's ready to get your photo taken with him. Not real, of course, but it, he's incredible. <laughs> and then we have um, some nutcrackers around the center. And then we just done a really good job of just putting up lights and just really trying to make it a special atmosphere. It does sound pretty special. So there is a Cinderella performance happening on the 18th, right? Could you talk about the details of that event? 
Yeah, so this one is turning into be an incredible opportunity for both um, the dance company who's performing and Butler. December 18th is going to be kind of our, our grand finale of the Friday Night Lights. It's the Friday right before Christmas. And we're fortunate that the dance company is going to be performing their Cinderella act with us. So we'll start off where we'll have the Meyer Cusera Strings Academy, big group of a bunch of youth violinists. They'll start off by playing a bunch of Christmas music. And then the dance company will come in and perform Cinderella for us. That does sound really cool. When you spoke earlier with my editor, Emily, you mentioned you're going to give a family presence. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so when the dance company reached out to us, um, they were ecstatic about the opportunity. The dance company every year, they sponsor a family during the holidays for their Cinderella performance. This year, because of everything, they've had to delay the holiday performance till March 2021, but they still wanted to sponsor a family for the holidays. So what they did is they worked with the school board of Alachua County and were able to identify a very deserving family. They have five children. They're ranging from ages 9 to 18 years old. Unfortunately and tragically, the mother was in a bad accident uh, several years back and had her arm amputated and had multiple surgeries. So they were really looking for a family that they could help out. So this family was selected by the Latro County School Board. And basically what we're doing is we're partnering with the dance company and Butler and we're getting as many presents as we can, and we're going to load up a truck full of gifts for this family and really try to make it just a very special night for them so they can really enjoy the holidays and just kind of treat them to an amazing evening. Wow, that is really awesome. What is your favorite thing about the holiday season? Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) So it's probably myself is the decorations. Um... I don't know how familiar you are with our property, but over near Trader Joe's, we have this giant live oak tree. And every year we we call it the monkey tree because there's these hanging topiaries on it. (laughs) And our maintenance team does a fantastic job and they install lights into this tree and then they put Santa hats on top of the monkeys in the tree. So it's just, it's little things like that, that you're just maybe driving by and just kind of in the zone. And then all of a sudden you look up and just, you get a smile. I think that's kind of the main thing that I love with Butler is just that we have just so many little Easter eggs throughout the property that really makes the holiday special to you. That sounds really fun. I like that there are monkeys in the tree. Keep an eye out for that (laughs) next time you're over at Trader Joe's. I definitely will. And is there anything else that you would like to add? The, on December 18th, like I said, that will be kind of our grand finale. Is um, The event starts at 6 o'clock, and if you do choose to come out, the first 20 people that come out will receive a free gift from one of our retailers. For December 18th, we're featuring Agapanthus Boutique, who is next to the Cheesecake Factory, and if you're one of the first 20 that comes out, you'll be able to get a free gift from them. So definitely encourage if you're able, if you're in the area, grabbing dinner, just want to swing by and watch us light the tree. We'd love to have you. If you can't come out in person, just make sure you watch on our live streams. My name is Mariana, and I am one of the owners of Iron and Clay Flowers. Can you talk to me about the winter workshop you are hosting? We are hosting a winter wreath workshop on Sunday 13th at 4th Ave Food Park. We're really excited to bring some really fun winter materials that we've gathered. We've got some evergreens and we've got some really fun dried elements, both from our little flower farm and some other gathered 
dried elements, and we're excited to share them with people. That does sound really cool. I've never heard of a wreath workshop before, so when I stumbled upon that on 4th Ave's Instagram, I thought it sounded pretty cool. What inspired the wreath workshop? This time of year when we don't have as many fresh local flowers available, it's kind of just a nice cozy tradition to get crafty and still engage with different botanical materials that aren't fresh flowers. It's something festive you can have, doesn't necessarily have to be for a specific holiday, but just kind of cozying up for winter and yeah, engaging with some plant material. Yeah, that is really cool. And is this the first time Iron and Clay Flowers collaborated with 4th Ave? This will be our second wreath workshop that we've collaborated with 4th Ave. Actually, we had a fall wreath workshop also with kind of some more fall themed elements and we provided exclusively dried materials for that one. People had a really good time and created some really awesome dried wreaths for the fall. So what kind of elements are going to go into the wreath at this workshop? Yeah, so everybody will start with a grapevine base. So we'll teach everybody how to weave locally sourced grapevine into a base. And then from there, it's really kind of up to the participants' creativity, kind of what style and direction they want to go in. We'll have some evergreen, including cedar and I think cedar. (laughs) And then we'll have some other really cool dried elements like grape myrtle pods. We have some dried straw flowers, we have dried grasses, we'll have some holly berries, just really interesting textures that'll give it some really nice interest and that will last for a really long time. How long do you think the wreaths normally do last? So the evergreens have a little bit shorter of a shelf life than the elements that are already dried, but they do evolve and dry. So I would say really they last indefinitely, especially the dried materials that we incorporated in our fall wreath workshop. Those will last forever, basically. What elements in this wreath will not be dry? Pretty much just the evergreen and the holly berries that we provide. And like I said, those are kind of some more traditional ingredients, but we really encourage people to kind of explore and make it their own. So it's not absolutely necessary that you include evergreens in your wreath. You can take it in a lot of different directions. And how does the process work? How do you connect the rest of the elements to the wreath? Yeah, so there's a few different methods. One method is once you've got your grapevine base to just basically tuck the other elements into the into the little nooks and crannies that you've created with the grapevine and basically just tuck them in there until you feel like they're snug and that's that. We also provide um, floral wire for wrapping elements around the wreath and creating kind of a fake stem for some elements that might need a little bit of extra support. So those are the two main ways that we attach the the elements to the wreath. What precautions, if any, are you planning for the workshop? Yeah, so we are keeping our class size small. Um, We're limiting it to 12 participants. We are spreading everybody out in the outdoor courtyard at 4th Ave. So it'll be outside. It'll be just two participants per table. So we're practicing social distancing and we're requiring masks as well. That's really cool. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Yeah, I just feel like it's a nice opportunity to get outside and explore some some natural ingredients that we're going to have available for people. It'd be great to come with a friend and 
kind of test your creativity and have something that would be really nice for you to keep or also as a gift for the holidays. I'm Leslie Payne, Director of Marketing at Celebration Point. What has been your part in the Gnome for the Holidays event? Sure. Well, as the Director of Marketing at Celebration Point, my job, in essence, is to oversee all activities, events, promotions, public relations uh, regarding Celebration Point and the consumer-facing side of things, so communicating that out to the community and the public in order to make people aware of Celebration Point and all that's going on there and get them to come and enjoy Celebration Point and its activities like the scavenger hunt. So what exactly is Gnome for the holidays? Can you explain that for our listeners? Sure. So Gnomen, and the same as Gnomen Rockwell, our resident gnome here at Celebration Point, how it started was last year, I'm just looking at a way to elevate the holiday offering at Celebration Point. And gnomes always have, or seem to have a positive um, uh, view on, you know, the holidays. Uh, It seems like they're, you know, integrated in some form or fashion, being there's elves and all that type of stuff too. So we wanted to integrate something like that into our holiday plan. And so last year we actually did a, a naming of our gnome and that was a really fun activity engaging for the community and then um, from that point he he just um, you know made his way around Celebration Point we would post out on social media places that maybe he was visiting just to draw attention to the stores and so forth that we had around Celebration Point so more for awareness so this year we took it another step and created the scavenger hunt which is called Gnome for the Holidays and we kicked it off on Black Friday where Noman checked into one of our on-site hotels, Hotel Indigo, and so at that point it starts his his journey, if you will, around Celebration Point, where he is visiting our various retail shops and restaurants and our personal services and hotels and so forth. An effort to again just um, make people aware of what all is available um, at Celebration Point but also just to generate some fun and some engagement and keep, uh, you know, some lightheartedness around for the holidays. That is really cool. It does seem like a great way to have some lighthearted fun with the family around this time. Yeah, well, and what's great about the scavenger hunt, too, is that not only does it bring awareness to, you know, like I said, our businesses here at Celebration Point, but the people who participate also have the opportunity to win a gift or prize or reward from the respective participating businesses. And so, for example, when Noman arrived at Hotel Indigo, that was our first clue and his first stop. And so the winner won a free night stay at Hotel Indigo. And I know that for Skechers, they won a $100 gift card. And to kill one, they won a $50 gift card. So it's in the spirit, too, of giving, if you will. It allows people the opportunity to either go get a gift for themselves, or they can certainly utilize that to get gifts for you know their friends and family for the holiday, too. That is a really good opportunity. You also mentioned last time we talked that Celebration Point was doing a matinee of The Grinch. How will that event work? Sure. So uh, in addition to our our Noman event, if you will, we're looking at other ways to engage with the community and just offer, you know, different opportunities for people to, again, like I said, enjoy the holidays. And since we are open air, we do have 
probably a bigger opportunity than other types of establishments and venues that uh, have an enclosed space. So we're taking advantage of that on, and certainly keeping safety in mind, maintaining and implementing you know, the CDC guidelines. But with that, we have the opportunity to use a, an awesome area in what we call our promenade. And we've got a green space with a stage where um, we offer, you know, everything from concerts to, you know, dance groups and all of those fun things. So Sunday the 13th of December, we are offering up a holiday matinee that features the Grinch. And prior to that, we will also have a dance group. It's the Sun Country Dance Group that will be performing so a little pre-show, so to speak, before the movie. And then we will also have goodie bags and that we're providing um, those people who want to come to the matinee. And it is a ticketed event that obviously will assist us with managing the group and just maintaining and making sure that you know safety is of you know of concern. Right, of course. Is there anything else that you would like to add? You know, I think the biggest thing is that we Celebration Point is a place to come for the holidays. We have some, you know, beautiful decorations. So in addition to trying to find Noman, um, we also have great photo opportunities out and around. And then we have additional events um, outside of the things that we've discussed. They can visit our website, celebrationpoint.com events page, and check out all the details for that and all of our um, promotions from our tenants, the retail deals as well. Thank you for tuning in to this episode from the Avenue segment of the Alligator Podcast. I also wanted to give you all an overview of other holiday events happening this month. There will be a Candy Cane Lane holiday pop-up shop at High Dive this coming Saturday, December 12th, with local vendors, hot chocolate, arts and crafts for the kids, and more. The AUK Market has been doing a mini holiday market every Saturday, which ends on the 19th. There will also be a parade this Saturday, December 12th, on Main Street in Alachua. And you can find more information and updates on these events from their Facebook event pages. And you can find multiple Hanukkah events happening this week on jewishgator.com. There are also two drive-by Christmas-like displays. One is located at 25261. Southwest 20th Avenue and runs 6 to 9 p.m. Sunday through Thursday and 6 to midnight Friday and Saturday. The other is at 7904 Northwest 170th Street in Alachua and runs 6 to 11 p.m. until January 3rd. This has been the Avenue section of the Alligator Podcast. I've been your host, Lauren Witte. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Lauren underscore Witte. We appreciate everyone for listening. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and follow us on Twitter at The Alligator and find our latest stories on alligator.org.